0: Welcome to the Mob Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Thostenson. Today, I'm excited to introduce my guest. Um, Look at my notes here. Chris Chadwick and Austin Lucian? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite, not quite. (laughs) Chris Lucian and uh, Austin Austin Chadwick. We've got a little bit of a different podcast today. I would reached out to the guys and said, what if we mix it up a little bit? Uh, what if I interview them and ask them some stories about uh, what mob mentality has meant for them, how they got started, where they're going, and allow them to be in the spotlight for a change? So, uh, Chris, do you want to introduce yourself to my audience?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Chris Lucian. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've been mob programming for, I think, the last 12 years now, it looks like. Well, uh, it, you know, on and off uh, because of of the role I've been in, but uh yeah it's it's good stuff and yeah that's me uh yeah i'm austin chadwick
2: and thank you dustin for letting us speak to your audience i appreciate this yeah uh, <laughs> and uh uh yeah austin chadwick been a software engineer about 15 years five years waterfall five years uh, traditional scrum and then five years uh, mob programming actually in about a couple weeks it'll be five years exactly of full-time programming so it's almost anniversary of sorts um and so probably by the time this episode is out um yeah uh that's a little bit about me and uh what are you thinking Dustin
0: (laughs) I'm thinking that I spend my weekends working in the garage and mowing the lawn and listening to the mob mentality podcast and uh, getting a chance to learn from other people. And I'm curious, how did this all start? At what point did you say, you know what? We need to tell the people. <laughs> yeah, I
2: think I'll take this one, Chris, uh, because so after I Chris and I started working together, I was uh, going to a lot for coaching. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but you said something like, oh, you should start a blog or, you know, you, you should yeah. do something like
1: that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I said that you had a lot of, of really good ideas around agile, lean, uh, TDD, XP, you know, all that stuff. And, and it's like, you know, you should kind of codify that, you know, or put it somewhere that it can live for a long time, a blog or other things like that. And so I think it was later that night, uh,
2: me and my wife were out to dinner at someone babysit the kids and we were talking about it. I'm like, I don't know, you know, maybe start a blog. I don't know. and we were, we were brainstorming and she's like, well, I actually did some research and there is no one doing podcast or YouTube channel stuff, uh, at least on a consistent basis for mob programming. Like there's, you know, there's websites and there's other things and. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. But I just imagined myself alone with a microphone starting a podcast. And it just felt really lonely and weird, uh, especially if the show is about, you know, uh, collective uh, doing stuff together, like mobbing and ensembling and stuff. And so I went back to Chris
1: and said, like,
2: hey, I think I'm going to start a podcast, but (laughs) do you want to join me? And And I
1: immediately said no. And then eventually came around to the (laughs) end. yeah
2: yeah 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 i think I, I forgot exactly how it came to a yes i i don't think i yeah what happened i think we just kind of walked through uh what uh, what your your thoughts were and then you know what i think it was um so similar to how when we're mob programming we'll just be like let's just run the experiment and see what happens yeah we were just like okay let's just try and see what happens and uh we had a few failed experiments, um, even to get the first recording done, because uh, for anybody who's been a guest on the show, you know, we have a checklist and some of the items are like, make sure the laptop's plugged in. I think that was our one of our first recordings had that problem where it wasn't plugged in and it just powered off, right? As we were yeah. recording.
1: <laughs> or it doesn't overheat, like the temperature in the room was too hot. And yeah, <laughs> it yeah. It turns yeah. off mid-episode, but yeah was uh, a little bit of how it started. We just kind of got going, uh, you know, some of the, I think I gave you some advice around like, being consistent with release, which is how we got to our like weekly release cycle. Uh, we, we kind of talked about whether or not we'd mention the company we're in currently and all this other stuff. And we basically came to the idea that we just like leave it independent. And, you know, and so we've kind of been recording during our lunch breaks, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, th- I felt like that was really cool because uh, uh, when we started doing it, you helped almost take those kind of lean agile principles and apply it to podcasting. In the sense that like will is this going to be valuable or not and instead of trying to speculate let's like let's just try and put a few things out there and see what happens Yeah. and so it was discover experimentally um and then like you said consistent release frequency and then sustainability right so both of us are uh you know wife and kids very busy and so um you know spending hours on end doing podcasting is not sustainable for us and so uh whatever we do we had to make it very lean (laughs) right and uh and so yeah we started with those goals and I think for me I don't know about you Chris the reason why I decided to go for it was um if we publish a few episodes nobody watches it it will still be valuable for me because it'll be good learning for me like Mm -hmm. it would just be a good learning experience to try to speak and uh, interview others and share and do those, those kinds of things. And I think my goal all along has been, is it sustainable? And am I learning? And is it helping? I think if it got zero views, I, we, I probably stopped doing it. <laughs> like it wasn't <laughs> helping anybody. Um, but is it helping anybody else at all? Uh, yeah. maybe it's not as pop- popular as the cat videos on YouTube, but, uh, <laughs>
1: Um yeah how about you Chris
2: what, were your, what kind of your goals I'm I'm curious going yeah, into it.
1: um well you know so I ran my blog for a, a long time and I'll, I'll I'll tell people that every one of my blogs was basically uh, me preparing to have a discussion with someone that I had to convince and so um if you go you know if you go to chrislucian.com and read some of those blogs you can see, if you look at it with that lens of like oh a you know, big conversation is coming up that's a pivotal moment you know, for the, for the team, um, you can kind of see like where my motivation around blogging, uh, had come from and, and kind of like, since, since we started this, I haven't blogged as much, but you know, uh, I do still put out a blog whenever I'm in that kind of situation. Um, and so you, you can see stuff about, uh, um, you know, a- a- estimation and other things in there. Um, and, uh, And and mobbing in general, there's like the the financial benefits of mobbing uh, posts as well. So anyway, um, kind of to make the long story short there, uh, you know, a lot of the satisfaction that I got out of blogging those things I got, you know, from this show uh, and just kind of externalizing a lot of things that I've been thinking about uh, and the interviews are a lot of fun to do. So just meeting people like Dustin (laughs) um, and uh, and doing the show with them. has just been a blast. So I I I am I'm, I'm fulfilled both uh socially and maybe academically by <laughs> these episodes.
0: Now neither of you have done a podcast before, correct? Nope.
1: No, yeah. I I've just been on podcasts in the past and that's about it.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking about that zero to one, right? Going from zero to one is the hardest part. Uh was was there anything in there about some imposter syndrome? Maybe like I'm not a podcast, I'm not a podcaster. Maybe I'm not the best person to be talking about mobbing and ensemble programming. (laughs) Yeah, for
2: me, absolutely. Um, And I think there were two things that helped with that. One is kind of the just sharing principle, which is, I think, and this is something else you, you, you uh, started us with Chris, that I thought was helpful, which was, Um, The primary aim of the show is to share our experiences and perspective, not necessarily here's a dissertation on topic X. (laughs) Um, And so it's kind of more of a story sharing show um, and not a here is the way to do it, prescriptive way to do it, guaranteed to work. Um, I highly recommend it and you must do it or you're not smart kind of show. <laughs> um, and so I think kind of the just sharing mindset that we picked up from, I know I picked it up from you, Chris, and others in the community, like Woody Zool and Jason Kearney, uh, but I'm not sure
1: originally where it came from. It um, uh, might've originated with uh, Woody and the no estimates movement. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's yes. where I, I understand it came from.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. So just sharing kind of lowers the bar. And then for me, that I feel like it's the same with software too, is that, you know, let's say you're going to create a product and if you're like, okay, let's make a pipeline and it releases a hello world app uh, and it releases it to the test store, for example, or something, you know, just like something really bare bones, like, oh, it only releases it to one user <laughs> um, or a few users. I think making the, expect- the expectations really low for that first one kind of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, helps, at least helped me um, say like, hey, I'm not claiming to be an experienced podcaster here. I'm just running an experiment. We're going to see how it goes. We'll we'll you know, we'll be open about that with the community that like, hey, we're going to try this out and see how it goes. And we're interested in your feedback. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, and and uh, like one thing that was really inspiring uh, to me was um, there was kind of a, a vidcast that I was watching. Um, and they they had kind of really short weekly episodes. And so I don't, I don't think we were really even trying to be a full on podcast. Uh, and we just figured out, you know, how, how can we get a few of those things out there? Uh, as far as imposter syndrome, um, you know, maybe maybe I'm just a little bit uh, too much of the like try it and if it doesn't work, then that's fine sort of person. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think either of us really had any like, well, I'll speak for myself. I didn't really have any like anxiety about like, oh, what if it fails? Like, what if it's awful? Like, <laughs> so, you yeah. uh, so would be fine. yeah. Extra credits, extra credits was the one It was like a video game design vidcast. And so if you know extra credits, it's a, uh, I think just some of my thinking around what our version of podcasting might be came from there.
0: So it takes the 10,000 hours of dedicated practice to become an expert. Um, And I don't think you guys are there technically yet with this podcast. Uh, (laughs) However, I'm assuming at one point, you may have had that realization that this thing is taking legs. Uh, It's building a community and and you're starting to feel pretty good about that. Did you have that realization? Was there that moment where you said, this doesn't suck as bad as it could have? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm always surprised uh at how many comments come in. All right. So like it's just really cool, you know, I, I think having videos out there is one thing, but but having comments come in and and either replying to them or or kind of seeing the mob mentality handle reply to them has been uh you know, that's where it's like the number of those that come in, uh you know that that's really cool, and and you get you know ideas for new episodes and all this other stuff. So so for me, that's a little bit of that. It's like whoa, like people are engaging with the content on a deep level, and that's you know. And I think lately we've we've seen a lot more of that, um, which has been really cool.
2: Yeah, and and I guess for me, um, I mean, if you if you look at uh, the numbers on anywhere stuff, it's not gigantic, um, but it was more than I expected. Um, which was, which was fun, which is nice to see. Uh, But the biggest thing for me was kind of going back to the original goals. Am I learning? And every episode I was learning a ton um, from every guest we had or everything we had to share. And like, it's funny how many times I learned from Chris during the show. (laughs) It's like, uh, like in the moment. Um, And so learning was happening. And like Chris was saying, the comments coming back saying like, Hey, we tried mobbing today after watching this video and it's working really well for us or hey, uh, this helped me work through a tough spot or something. You know, any of those comments where it's like, hey, I'm not only learning something, but this this uh, uh, sharing it is helping others. Um, one thing that did help at the very beginning, uh, maybe I can go try to find the tweet um, trying to remember the individual's name, but we we post on social media something like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna try an experiment and publish an episode. And then someone re- in the mom and community responded back with like this gif of like, "Well, we're waiting." You know, I, f- I think it was from uh, Princess Caddy Shack, or Oh, uh, the caddyshack. Yeah. Shack. yeah. <laughs> and so it was kind of like, "Oh, people are actually interested in this," you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that uh, that
0: was a that was a fun moment for me. When you you bring up something interesting, there there is that kind of dichotomy of. Uh, that which brings value to you and that which brings value for the community. Um, so I've seen the community growing. Um, I, I appreciate the interactions on Twitter and listening to the podcast and getting to, you know, hear a lot of fresh ideas, but uh, how else, let's let's just kind of be selfish a little bit. How has it been good for your own personal development and even some of your, um, your career development?
1: Well, uh, You know, for me, um, you know, I I think that some of the things one big benefit to all of this, just hosting anything like this or writing a blog or anything like that is once you get your thoughts kind of solidified on some sort of shareable medium, um, there are some things that were maybe a little bit amorphous become concrete. And um, and so, you know, one big you know, every one of these episodes for me, and especially when I can chime in about some particular topic, uh, maybe uh, helps me harden some ideas to the point of of description or, or um, and so, you know, going back and working with a group after recording an episode on a similar topic uh, has just in general, um, or, or maybe taking a re- recent experience and turning that into an episode, uh, ha- has been incredibly helpful. Um, you know, I've also uh, shared a number of episodes with people um, that just had questions around things. And so there's there's this like benefit of, you know, w- one of my goals, that like, kind of going back to goals with this, uh, one of my goals is that anything that I have to say over and over again is recorded somewhere so that I can just send them the episode and then have a discussion afterwards. And um, that's incredibly fulfilling to me. Like one big thing I, I, I you know, and you've heard me talk about on the show is just automation in general. So this is a way for me to automate conversations. Like I can just say, "Here's the first half of this conversation and how it'll go. <laughs> now let's talk about the rest. You know, any further questions, things like that." Um, and so that's been incredibly beneficial as well as just to have this resource that's um, fleshed out and and so uh,
0: you know maybe those two things have helped tremendously for me. Scott Hanselman has that same mindset. Um, he he was he would blog a lot because he believes he has a limited number of keystrokes left in his hand. Yeah. So instead <laughs> of typing the <this laughs> same message over and over, he's going to type it once.
2: Yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I have seen that too, Chris. Where I'll find myself um, like responding in the community, whether it's direct message or like a public post of some kind and I'll get about two sentences in and I'm like, oh wait, this is somewhere. And sometimes it's someone else's resource and sometimes it's our own episode. And I'm like, I don't have to write a paragraph. This has already been stated and I'll just go grab it and link it. <laughs> and so yeah. that, that does help uh, save time. And, uh, you know, cause time, like you said, time is very valuable. Um, and so uh, for the, those uh, in your life, um, yeah, yeah. Optimizing the time is making the most of it is good yeah, for me, a few things came out. Um, I really like what you said, Chris, about uh, like teaching is the best way of learning, uh, and I'm not sure if we're necessarily teaching on here, but it helps it get ingrained in my mind better, whatever concepts we're talking about or uh, asking others about. um And so it's kind of like mobbing when you navigate you're you're learning it deeper than if you were just doing it in your own head and coding alone kind of thing. Um, and so I feel I feel a similar effect from there makes it easier to talk about and apply the concepts when you have more uh, concrete ideas in your head uh, and ways to talk about it and ways to experiment with it. Um, and uh, there, it's funny because if you probably look at the code commits or messages with our team or any artifacts from our team, whatever episode we recorded recently, whatever we learned from guests, will show up in the code in some way or show up in a, a an experiment or a continuous improvement retro item in some way um and i'll notice that in chris as well i'll see i'll see like a message he sent to the you know the organization or something and i'm like oh that sounds like so and so we just interviewed or you
1: know, <laughs> or yeah, something 100%, he,
2: yeah he just shared you know and so uh the uh yeah, the the influence definitely goes multiple ways and it also comes from uh the feedback from the community at large um so whether they respond with comments on YouTube or on Twitter or LinkedIn or other places, um, whether it's a correction, an encouragement, a story, uh, like a supporting story or a countering story, all those things help a lot. Cause uh, one way to, <laughs> it's kind of like testing uh, products in the market, it, it, you know, testing ideas in the marketplace of ideas is you put them out there and you get feedback on them. Um, so. Oftentimes I'll start, you know, it, kind of like with mobbing on the show. I'll say A, 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 and then some of the community be like, not A, B, and then we'll talk back and forth a little bit. And it's gonna be like, oh, you're right, that part of a, I is wrong, but I did have a point here. So it's like A slash B, you know. And then and so I take that learning forward, where if it was just between me, myself, and I and those ideas in a smaller group, I might have not gotten that uh rad can <laughs> uh from the community. Um And the other thing for me was I'm a little bit newer in the agile and mobbing community. Um, And so being able to meet a lot of people in the community has been really helpful uh, and great, Um, just like networking in general, and then also resources in general, where if it's kind of like, I don't really know about that thing, but I did talk to somebody once about that thing uh, and I can reach out to them or refer someone to them or or something, Um,
0: so that's been good. you got a yeah a, a few different areas i'd like to kind of jump off of on that um one of them i'm looking at my notes here i wrote down wtfp which is uh watch the free podcast <laughs> shorthand to help uh help people out with that um, i'm i'm trying to remember you guys might be able to let me know what show I'm thinking of. I was watching a show recently. I think it was on podcast. It was taking place back in the 60s about uh, FBI detectives that were researching serial killers. Oh, Um, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name. I don't either. I enjoyed it. But in that, um, they were getting to meet these different serial killers, and uh, they were asked, you know, who's the big one? And they go, "Mm," you know, uh, not Marilyn Manson. Um, (laughs) Charles Manson. (laughs) Yeah, not really from Maryland. Uh, Charles Manson. They said, "Man, if you could get us to talk to Charles Manson, that that's the big one." Um, <laughs> who's your Charles Manson? That's another... <laughs> Who's your Charles Manson? <laughs> uh...
2: there
0: are people out there though, that you'd still really love to kind of pick their brains and and you know take some of the things that they share with you and bring back to the team to continue to experiment. Hmm. You've already got Dustin Boston twice. So that's check. check. Yeah. yeah. One big fish done. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll throw in one um, in that at least multiple, at least twice, but I feel like it's been, I don't know, four, three, four, five, six times. People have recommended we get Amy Edmondson on the show.
0: Just um, finished her book. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Um, And then I think, uh, same with like Kent Beck. Um, and I think the, I do not know a lot about this world, even though, um, we invite people on the show a lot and, but often it's kind of more like people you kind of know. So it's like the network is like degree two or at most three. Um, but I get the feeling with certain people that they have like a, a staff and <laughs> a very busy schedule and things and so, um, I'm not even sure if you can message these people, um, and stuff
1: and so, um, yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, through um, their but, Twitter handle probably. <laughs> people, yeah, people that look at Twitter versus people that have hired somebody to look at Twitter, right? Right, right, right,
2: right, right. Yeah, and so I think I've you know we've tried, but I I think I understand that they are. Uh, they have a lot going on and that's awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. well, so so for me, I kind of going through, you know, additional signatories of the Agile Manifesto and, and uh, that, you know, um, people that we haven't had on yet. Um, and, you know, I, I also think, um, you know, part of me also really wants to, like talk to maybe the up and comers, the people, the new ideas, those sorts of things. Cause even though it's mob mentality show and we're largely based around mob programming, I think it's just like, you know, mobbing now is a 10 year old, you know, thing. And, uh, and there's probably other stuff in this space that we can explore more. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, exploring the unexplored potentials, like a, a sort of thing I like to say is like, you know, if you can, You know, what are those kind of weird, kind of wacky things that that people hadn't heard about? Um, I'd like to interview more of those.
2: Yeah. And and I'll yes. And to that, Um, you'll notice that if you look in the history of episodes, um, often it for guests, sometimes it is kind of what you're talking about, Chris, where it's like, oh, that's new and different. I want to learn more about that. And then we'll invite the person on, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to come share their story. Uh so uh yeah, f- future warning. If you comment and start sharing ideas, there's a chance you might get invited on because <laughs> it is it is really cool to hear like uh a grassroots experience someone had that is exactly. something and a new experiment they tried. Um, or even just like uh I'm thinking back to one of them was like, Hey, uh we started a, a mobbing type thing with UX people in a different time zone and you know here are the results of it and we're like oh i want to learn more about that and so we would share that so we would invite them on and then do that story and so I, yeah i think that kind of goes back to original goals which is yeah, to to interview the big gurus is awesome like there's a lot of questions i have and uh for for many of the big gurus um but also getting the kind of grassroots storytelling of people trying stuff and seeing how it goes good bad and the ugly i, I love that too
1: and uh, one more that i thought of is anybody completing an academic study on mobbing i'd like to bring them to it's like yeah. something that uh because that's also you know i think one service maybe that the podcast provides is uh people looking for ways to convince the people they work with to mob or ensemble right um that's something that i think you know this is a resource for. And so, uh, um, yeah, I'd like to see, you know, a- anything that can help, you know, anyone that should be on the show that can help people with some level of justification, should they need it?
0: Um, thinking about, uh, the accelerate book. Um, yeah. You know, like yeah. Dr. Cole for- uh, Forsgren from Forsgren, right. If I'm pronouncing your name, right. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was fabulous where, yeah. uh, you know, they used the Puppet Labs uh, State of DevOps report. They collected the information. They took a look that uh, these practices lead to better business outcomes. It is yep. not the passionate nerd who's trying to push a tool. It is is a practice that has been proven beneficial. Yep. And they they did the work right. And I thought that was kind of beautiful. So yeah, having having something like that would be pretty neat.
1: Yep. The, the appeal to authority. I like to say, is, you know, if, I, if you're having trouble convincing people of something, you know, find a way to appeal to authority or find, you know, convince their friend who will then convince them that those sorts of things are important. Right?
2: Yeah. And, and I think uh, I haven't studied it in depth. Um, uh, but it does seem like there have been quite a bit of uh, statistical, more academic studies on pairing, uh, but it hasn't I don't know I don't I there have been quite a few papers on mobbing but I don't know if it was done at that kind of uh level or mathematicalness
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah, yeah. That, well yeah. so so I I know that we you know we've had some episodes and maybe we need to follow up but we've had some episodes with people that were in the middle of a study right and so um you know sometimes those papers take years to write uh and so it it'd be interesting to see you know, something that can, you know, kind of grow, grow things on that level. Or maybe there's proof that mobbing is not the best thing in the world to do. And maybe we should stop. <laughs> but yeah. 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 it would be interesting to interview somebody that says we should stop mobbing because, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, that would also, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. So it maybe doesn't
0: answer your question completely, but. (laughs) No, no, there's, there's definitely something to that. Um, I reflect back when I had um, I've been developer for a few years here. I uh, I earned the grays and I remember in the early 2000s uh, when I was on my first team that was doing scrum, they, they literally put them in the closet because they didn't want the customers walking through and seeing that mess. Um, And. For a while, when we were doing that, as I moved across companies, I was explaining to people for the first time what Scrum was, what's TDD, what's a backlog, what's fitness. Uh, they hadn't heard it. And what I realized is that as we would move around, developers found this is a really good way for us to work. This is much better. And that would go to a point where there was a ceiling of some level of manager who was willing to support it. So. Um, And we would talk, we would find out where in town were the places where we could practice our craft. And you started seeing people kind of moving together because they got to work the way that they wanted, not to steal from Paige Watson's fast agile, but uh, we saw that. And then there was a pivot where we didn't have to sell anymore. It became the norm. Uh, maybe there was some CEO conferences where everybody said you had to do agile. And then all of a sudden the pressure came from the top to says, why aren't you agile Yeah. Uh, there's there's different approaches to that and when you talk about having those conversations with yourself the practicing uh i've recognized that as i've done some coaching engagements as well where sometimes at you know at the hotel lobby at the bar we may be kind of pontificating to each other and i realize we're not really complaining to each other we're kind of practicing a message so mm. when you do come in you are able to be a little bit more pointed and clear and maybe thinking about the people that you're talking to, what are the things that they care about and what do they need to hear? Yeah. And that got to be a little bit easier then because you could put yourself in their shoes and maybe talk to their concerns. Whereas from a technical point of view, from a mathematical certainty point of view, it might make sense to us, but that might not be what they need to hear.
2: No. Yeah. And that's a really good point. And I, and I think I like what you're saying, Dustin and Chris. And I think the the thing I'll add on to it is, um, and and it is good when you're having those conversations um, to share the good, bad, and the ugly. Because at the end of the day, this is there are some principles um, that are kind of unchanging, at least I, I hold to, but a lot of it is kind of in the practice realm, which is very contextual. And like any engineering product solution, <laughs> there are pros and cons, right? You know, and so. Uh, like if you're reading through Refactoring to Patterns, it's like here are the advantages of this pattern, or here are the disadvantages, here are the contexts where it applies, and here are the contexts where it doesn't apply. Um, and so, having more, you know, like the more studies and the more people sharing their experiences, the more it can bring light to those things, which can help fuel the next innovation, right? And so, be like, you know, maybe we can try this. Here are the pros. Here are some potential cons. And then as the community grows, it'll help discover the next thing uh, <laughs> that helps have less cons, hopefully. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. I'd like to share my screen really quick here. Oh, maybe not. Tell you what, I'm gonna share an image with you. If one of you could bring this up, please. Oh. Because <laughs> sure. I think it kind of fits into what we're talking about here. I'm not going to rickroll you as far as you know, <laughs> yeah, as
1: far as, uh here i zoomed in a little bit on it and i can share my screen oh chris has got it oh
2: yeah
0: yeah this is a good one <laughs> so um this is one of my favorite images i came across a couple of years ago and um i think about it a lot when i'm trying to have a conversation i think about where my head is at am i in the information area? Am I talking about the knowledge with us, which has all the connections? Do I feel that there's a starting and an ending point that I want to get to, or am I able to impart wisdom where I can get to the point in, in the best path possible? Mm-hmm. So while we were talking, some of that wisdom started to come out. Um, but I also recognize when I'm having conversations with people, especially very smart and passionate people, sometimes those conversations can kind of be in the information or knowledge area. Mm. And, and it might be a little difficult to understand what is their real insight or, or what is the wisdom that they're um, trying to get to. So knowing all the kinds of people that I've worked with, all of the incredibly talented and smart and passionate people that I've worked with and you've worked with, and knowing some of the people that you interview in podcast, what are some of the things that you've learned when you have people with a lot of passion, but they they might not be getting to the path or to be able to track and guide them to that path of wisdom to kind of give a succinct and valuable message? It's a tough question.
2: Hmm. That is a tough question. What is the meaning of the universe? <laughs> well, uh,
1: you know, maybe it's helpful to describe to everyone um, the uh, the the image itself. So, you know, we we have data, which is a number of empty circles, and then information uh, color coded circles afterwards knowledge is the link between those circles insight is, you know, highlighting two disparate circles. And then wisdom is like the path between those highlights, you know, so that, that's the image if anybody is listening in, um, you know, I, I think that there are common themes through everything that, uh, everything that we you know, interact with and everyone that we interact with. And, and there are also differences of opinion in some areas. Um, and, you know, so I, I do think that I've seen, uh, connections, um, and and sometimes it's, it's just your environment, right? There's, there's this idea that, um, you know, if you're surrounded by people that are are not working this way, then maybe it's not possible to realize the benefits. And, you know, and, and there are different ways to, you know, so so again, it's like appealing to authority, convincing, you know, does, is it a grassroots thing? Does it come from the top? Uh, or is it the, you know, change companies sort of thing uh, or change who you're working with? Um, you know, all of those things, uh, you know, can, can definitely be related. Um, I think wisdom sometimes comes from, uh, failing so many times that your, your, your insights have accumulated over time. And so sometimes it is like, uh, you just got to try it and, and not do well at it at first to understand what is better. Um, you know, and so I I think for me, working this way has come from a space of, uh, um, you know, uh, I am where I am today because I'm I'm standing on top of a mountain of failures that I've learned from, <laughs> yeah, right? And so so that that is a little bit of it. So like, if you're new to it and trying to understand everything that we talk about on this show, um, it's gonna be very different for you than looking at this show, uh, you know, 10, 20 years into your career, right? Yeah, and I, and I think uh, I agree with you, Chris.
2: Um, the way I've heard it before is it's kind of, it's meant as a joke, um, not really uh, literal, but I've heard it referred to as the dumb tax. It's like you either pay it yourself or you see someone else pay it and then you learn from it, right? <laughs> um, and I think in a lot of things, it's not necessarily dumb. It's just, it's just exper- experimenting. Okay. But what I do, what one thing I do acknowledge from, uh, you know, whether you're reading a book or talking to someone or like we interview someone on the show and learn from them is that... Um, it, it helps enhance that learning because uh, of learning from others and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Uh, and then you combine it with your own experiences because I feel like you need both, right? <laughs> both are important. Um, there's no need to repeat some experiments because they're clearly not going to be good um, for uh, you know, the engineering version of uh, playing on the freeway. Um, <laughs> um, and there's some experiments worth doing. And that helps you craft them, I suppose, when you combine both kinds of things. Um, some other things that jump out to me, and I'm not sure if it falls where it falls into your picture there, Dustin, but it's it's a big realization I've been having ever since mobbing, and I think the show interviewing people on the show has helped a lot uh, add to it as well, is that people are people. code is code, work is work, and that there are differences. There are a lot of differences in the details. But there are some principles that apply kind of universally um, in, in all those areas. So, you know, working well with others, there's some things that apply to make that do well uh, for good psychological safety, whether you're working on code in 2023 or you're having a conversation in, you know, 500 B.C., you know, <laughs> there's some things there uh, that are applicable. Um and I think the more I talked with others and worked on different code bases, w- the differences are kind of obvious, but what I'm struck by is that there are, there's a lot of principles that are the same amongst code. Um, and um, and I guess from a lean perspective work, right? Uh, I was just, me and my wife were listening to a murder mystery book. I think it's Dorothy Sayers, but it was talking about an ad agency in the, uh, I think it was the twenties or thirties or something. And they were talking about how ridiculous the flow was to get work done. It was like, it was, it was a joke. It was making fun of a lot of things in the ad agency, but, and I just, it just hit me like, yeah, uh, lean, you know, inefficiencies are the same whether you're in an ad agency in the thirties or you're working on code and, you know, the common, uh, today. So, uh you know, those are some things, some things that jumped out to me. <laughs>
0: Well, and you mentioned those principles. Uh, I look at that as models in general and and how interesting it is to learn different models and find that models in a completely different realm might actually apply to the things that you're doing today if you yes. to use that tool a little bit differently. Yeah. And through the people that you talk to, I, I'm assuming that you start learning a lot of different models. Uh, we. I've heard you talk before about the jargon, the shorthand comments, the the quick ways to exchange ideas with people. Um, what are some of the models that that you have discovered, maybe even recently or or through the journey that have really kind of stuck out for you? That that got to be a um, kind of a pillar or a, a good anchor that you could always go back to. Hmm. Yeah. I
1: think. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, So, so like, if you're just talking about specifically and stuff that I've learned, uh, maybe either through the show or recent conversations, um, you know, I thought a lot about inverse Conway maneuver, uh, which I don't know if that episode's published yet or not, probably not. Uh, (laughs) and then, uh, the, uh, um, as well as like fast framework and uh the global day of of mobbing and you know a number of things out there like maybe there were ideas that didn't have names yet um and so you know just like mobbing was an idea that didn't really have a name yet right and um and and so so those sorts of things you know have created a taxonomy and this kind of reminds me of like um uh, Willem Larson's, uh, kind of anthropologist role of a mob, a mob, right. Is, is kind of giving names to things and then possibly even talking about it within the community so that it, it is a shorthand for everybody else. Um, those are all areas, uh, you know, that I think have, have grown through, through that period of time.
2: Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. And like, like Chris said, uh, a lot of the ideas we share are names. Um, have a long history that it uh, some some span very deep into the uh, history of the world even, um, but the you know some of the principles that the names that they're called today that really uh, that I, I really grab onto and are kind of my go tos. Um, so one is um, radical candor, and I know uh, it shows up a lot of different ways, like uh, you know psychological safety and other things. But I just love the graph of uh be direct and honest but also kind and uh uh basically thoughtful just be you know the, the way you do it you know and so that is super simple but so helpful in every situation on kind of the people side of things right and the other one i just keep going back to because maybe it's just so concretely in my mind when it comes to software development is xp so it's just like radcan and xp and Of course, there's been modifications and improvements to the original ideas in the book in XP since uh, 20 years ago, but the core principles, um, I just find myself uh, experientially finding them true over and over and over again, and the language in which those principles are expressed, uh, my mind just easily grasped onto. So uh, those are the kind of the two go-tos for me.
0: Thank you. I've also um, learned from one other peer coach where he said you don't um, you don't change people be- you don't change people's behaviors you add new behaviors on top of it until the old behaviors are are kind of shadowed and and I've learned that as I learn new things or as the people I'm with learn new things there sometimes can get to be a conflict between kind of the the new gods and the old gods if you will. Um, so i've got two questions left this is the first one might not be a long answer but as as you've gone through your own uh, dreyfus model of skill acquisition your own experiential thing and you talked with other people have you have you found yourself and maybe how do you navigate the interviews where somebody might be a little bit earlier in their journey than you are but all the more confident and they're, they're telling you the best way to get the best estimates. If you can just get better estimates, you can get better delivery. Have, have you encountered those types of challenges where you find that somebody is passionately going down a path that you've learned is probably not going to get them where they need to be
1: <laughs> it, well, without, for me, over calling. and over again, <laughs> I, I think it happens all the time. Um, and that—that's part of the whole automating the conversation, right? Is trying to find good ways to approach that. Um, you know, why I wrote the uh, the software estimation paradox blog, which is one of my favorites. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah. It, it, yeah, you know, so so there there are things out there like the Dunning Kruger effect, and then there's also uh, the fundamental attribution bias, and and a number of other things that you deal with when interacting with other people. And um, you know, I think in in general, you you almost you need a series of stories, or you need something to like lead people, you know, from one thing to the next, and you know, or appealing to authority and finding a resource in a, in a from a place that they trust. And so, you know, it's like if you're the person you're trying to convince reads Harvard Business Review, then find an article from Harvard Business Review, because they they might not ever listen to you, but they might listen to that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. And uh, I guess for me, I guess going back to the two things that I just said, I think I just go back to radical candor and just be sincere and authentic as I possibly can be and just being like, okay, they're saying something different. Let me ask questions and learn as much as I possibly can be from them because maybe they, they know a fact or they know a thing that shows why estimates are the best way and we just need to do them better (laughs) or something like that. And then once I've really heard them out, then to, you know, do the other healthy side of the conversation is to be like, well, let me share some things with you, you know? And, um, so just to sincerely engage in, uh, uh, curiosity and advocacy for what seems correct to me and just see where it goes naturally
0: I'm not gonna lie right now I'm I'm thinking about going through LinkedIn and and seeing if I can find somebody from my past to bring on to your show to really push yeah. push those limits There, I want <laughs> the <you> nice <laughs> all right so in closing here um thank you all very much are there are there any any things in the future for mob mentality that you would like to share with my audience today are there are there things that you're planning on to you know pimp your show a little bit more places you want to go i am pulling up a
2: kanban board so we can get feedback <laughs> on our uh our queue <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, some why some half-baked ideas um, of where things might go and where we love hearing people's ideas, for what they want to see on the show. Um, just kind of reading stuff off. Healthy team, mom makeup, video series based on books we've read. So we did that a little bit uh, before. More with AI. There's some wild ideas about making AI the guest of the show. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, more episodes inspired by movies. So I think by the time this episode comes out, we've done one inspired from Top Gun. So maybe more like that. Uh, we have some episodes responding to people's questions from the community. So that's always a thing. Um,
1: I don't know, Chris, Any anything else you got out there? Just, uh, you know, live broadcasts at different music venues around the world, like starting with Coachella or, um, <laughs> no, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the you know I, you know so so i i like to see things grow i i like you know um i, I think like austin was saying the the momentum uh is invigorating so I, I think as long as there's momentum then uh then you know things just you know keep coming along um we're very uh i don't know improvisational i guess a little bit and so uh, kind of steering this um, in an agile and lean way, I think is just kind of the way to go. It's just you know crank we we crank through the queue, and new ideas are constantly coming in. And we you know it's every episode is uh, is our feature release to production. Yeah, and sometimes uh, the improv will be, hey, I just experienced a
2: thing yesterday, and I really want to talk about it. You know, and so it'll be like a fresh experience. Often we'll jump
0: to the top of the queue. <laughs> so, yeah Chris Austin, uh, thank you very much. I I appreciate all that you do for the community. On behalf of the community, thank you for putting this podcast together, for having all the content out there. Uh, I find it very beneficial, and I see that a lot of other people do too. Uh, I also appreciate you guys being willing to try something a little bit different, a little bit weird, flip it on its head, and, and have some fun. I've been enjoying myself immensely today, so thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Dustin. This is a really cool idea, and we appreciate you for it. And yeah, we'll we'll uh, see everybody on the next
0: episode. Then, I guess. Yeah. Big time. Thanks so much, Dustin. Yes, and and I I have to say this. Been wanting to make sure you smash that like and subscribe button. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye.
2: See ya.